Okay. Today we'll be continuing our study in what is, what is important to God. Last week we looked at his name and how his name is important to him. Today we'll be looking at a few verses in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. And today our topic will be what is important to God is his glory. His glory is important to God. And we'll be using verses 6, 12, and 14 as an introduction to the message. The lesson here. What is important to God? His glory. Look at Ephesians 1, 6. It's scripture declares. Actually, let's read the context of, of, uh, of these verses here. Let's start in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And note, it's he hath. He hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. It's not a maybe, and it's not dependent upon us. God has done this in Christ. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace. Here's one of our verses. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. Now note so far, this is all about what God is doing. And what God has done. We're recipients, beloved, of his marvelous grace. Scripture continues, and we'll pick up in verse 8 again. Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. It's, it's, we've obtained it. It's in Christ, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Again, here's another one of our verses, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ in whom ye also trusted after that she heard the word of truth so the gospel must be preached and proclaimed the gospel of your salvation we hear the word of God preached God gives us an understanding the Holy Spirit illuminates the scriptures for us and it's the gospel of my salvation and if you're saved your salvation real to us. God has done a work in us and made the word effectual for us. Which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. So last week we looked at a, we started this new series on what is important to God and we looked at his name and how he's identified by his name. His, his name identifies him. Jehovah identifies who he is. The self-existent one the eternal one. It identifies exactly who he is. Exactly who he is. And in the Sunday morning message, 
We also looked at the fact that God chooses to place his name last week where he pleases, wherever he pleases, for his will, according to his will. And, and it causes great joy and rejoicing amongst God's people when he places his name with us. Hey, we, get, we rejoice. Lord, you chose me. Because we know that we never would have chosen him. He chose us. Because left in our natural state, we would never have come to God. But beloved, praise be to God, he makes us willing in the day of his power. So today we'll look at how God's glory is important to him. Turn, if you would, to Isaiah chapter 48. And then I'll have you flip over six chapters back to Isaiah 42. But we'll look at Isaiah 48, 11 first. Today we'll look at how God's glory is important to him. It's so important to him that the scriptures declare that he will not share it with anyone. His glory is so important to him that he will not share it with anyone. No one. Look at Isaiah 48, 11. For mine own sake, even for mine own sake, will I do it. For how should my name be polluted? And I will not give my glory unto another. He will not share his glory. Look at Isaiah 42, verse 8. Again, and this is, this is him speaking against idols that people make, graven idols that people make. And look what he says here. And think of this, too. People steal his glory when they say, and we know that they're lost, but when they say that salvation is their choice, they're, they're, they're robbing God of the glory. But we know, we know that salvation is of the Lord. It's all his doing. It's all his doing. We ascribe to him all the glory. Look at Isaiah 42, verse 8. I am the Lord. That is my name. So I am Jehovah, the self-existent one, the eternal one. Right? That is my name. That's, that's, he's identified himself as Jehovah. And my glory will I not give to another. He will not share his glory with Neither my praise to graven images. So the context of these verses here is that he will not give his glory to another god, a false god, little g, a false god. As he alone is the one true God. He alone is the one true God. He alone is the one to be praised. He alone is the one to be worshipped. He alone is the one to receive all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. This is speaking of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The three in one. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They will not share their glory with him. No. They're one God, too. We know. Three, one. And he will not share. God will never share his glory with him. So here before us in our text, look at look at verses six. To the praise of the glory of his grace. We see here before us, God's goal and God's delight in all things, all things, which is what? The praise of his glory. The praise of his glory. This world was made for the praise of his glory. We are created to the praise of his glory. The stars and the universe spoken into existence to the praise of his glory. Christ coming down to redeem his people to the praise of his glory. Everything glorifies him. 
glory of God, Jehovah, the self-existent one, the eternal one, speaks of the kingly majesty. The kingly majesty, which belongs to him, is supreme ruler. He's an absolute supreme king. His majesty, in the sense of the absolute perfection of deity, the glory of God speaks of his honor, of his splendor, and of his dignity. One commentator said this about God's intrinsic glory, which is glory that never changes. It's not affected by you and I. His intrinsic glory is... One commentator said this, When we speak of God's glory, we mean first what is being called his intrinsic glory, which is the sum total of the greatness of his divine being. It is all that God is, the whole of all of his attributes. In this sense, we do not give God glory. We cannot add to his intrinsic glory. We cannot add to his greatness. He's already all glorious. I like that. He's already all glorious. We just acknowledge his greatness, don't we? As the God, the, the commentator goes on, as the God who, who was, is, and is to come, he is forever glorious and perfect, eternally the same, unchanging in his glory. Therefore, the glory of God is intrinsic to himself, never diminished nor increased, unaffected by outward forces or circumstances, end quote. He is altogether glorious. We don't add anything to him. We glorify him. We give him praise. We give him praise. And everything he does is to the praise of the glory, to the praise of his glory. So the glory of God, think of this too. The glory of God is manifested and magnified in Christ. Manifested and magnified in Christ Jesus our Lord, who is God incarnate. His glory is manifested. Let's turn, if you would, over to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Look at this. John chapter 1. And we can only know about the glory of God as he manifested to us. There was a time when I didn't have a clue about the glory of God. I still don't know a whole lot. But there was a time when I didn't even think about the glory of God. Didn't even think about it. Now, oh my. I want to give him all the glory. Look at John chapter 1, verses 14 to 17. Look at this. And the Word, we know from the first part of, of chapter 1 that the Word is God. It's Christ. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld what? His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. Full. 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 John bare witness of him and cried, This was he of whom I spake. He, he that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received in grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Look at this, though. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld glory of God manifested in Christ Jesus our Lord. And God's preachers, we proclaim, we proclaim the glory of God in and through Jesus Christ our Lord. Again, in the word, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was made flesh, there's the incarnation, and dwelt among us. They saw him, they heard him, they touched him. 
and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So we, gospel preachers, we just proclaim the glory of God in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Through the Son, the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, we behold the glory of God. We have a vision of the glory of God in Christ, our Savior. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The believer in Christ beholds the glory of God in Christ, and we only behold these things by faith, and they are precious to the believer. They are precious to the believer because they're revealed by the Holy Spirit. We would never know them. We would never know about Christ if the Holy Spirit had revealed So Christ becomes more and more precious to the believer as we read Scripture and as the Holy Spirit illuminates the Scripture more and we go, I've never seen that before. <laughs> and we just marvel. What happens when that happens to us? Because it happens to all of us. What happens? We go, oh, glory to you. I never saw it. And it just makes us fall in love more and more with our Savior. More and more. Think of this in Christ. The glory of his wonderful person, the God-man. 1 Timothy 2.5 says this, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, and man Christ Jesus, the glory of his wondrous person. He's the one mediator. He's the God-man mediator. The glory of his perfect righteousness. Romans 5.19 says this, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, we fell in Adam, we died in Adam, right? Dead spiritually. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. All the elect will be made righteous in Christ Jesus our Lord. And we'll look at that tonight, the righteousness of Christ. The righteousness of Christ and how the believers clothed in the righteousness of Christ. The glory of his sin-atoning sacrifice. For he hath made him to be sin for us, Christ. Our sins were imputed to Christ, right? His righteousness is imputed to us. Who knew no sin? He's perfect, spotless, sinless. He's the Lamb of God. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The glory of his sin atoning sacrifice. And he did that. If you're one of his people. For you and for me. The king left the glories of heaven. To die upon the cross. The glory of his sovereign domain. We preach this in Christ. For to this end Christ both died and rose and revived. That he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. He's Lord over all. And we, we preach the glory of that. We proclaim the glory of this. Christ is a king. He's a king. He's a sovereign. Oh, my. The glory of his tender, sympathizing humanity, right? Hebrews 2.16. Turn up there if you would. Turn up there. Hebrews chapter 2. Look at this. Verses 16 and 18. The glory of his tender... Sympathizing humanity. Because he's fully man and fully God, beloved. And what a, what a thing for us to marvel in. Look at this, Hebrews 2, 16 to 18. For verily he took, took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. He's sinless. He's making reconciliation for my sin. 
And who are the people? He came to save, right? He came to save his people. He came to save his people from their sins. His elect. Oh, my. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to secure them that are tempted. He, he was tempted yet without sin. We're tempted and we sin. But he was tempted without sin. My. So in his humanity, he knows what we go through. Yet without sin for him. And then we preach on the glory of his heavenly intercession. First John says this. My little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, it's not a question of whether we will. Because we do, don't we? If any man sin, what? If any man sin, we have an advocate. Ah, with the Father, Jesus Christ, righteous. We have an advocate. Any man sin, and we do, to our shame, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins. He's the one who turns away the wrath of God for us because it fell upon him in our place. For our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world, for all his people, for all his elect. And then we preach on the glory of his preserving love Turn, if you would, to, to Jude. Jude. And I'll read John 13, 1, which says this. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world, unto the Father, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Unto the end. Now you always hear folks in religion say, religion say, you, you got to just, you got to hang on. You got to do this. Right? I'm looking to the one who's holding on to me. Look at Jude. Two marvelous verses in Jude. Look at this. 24 and 25. Look at this. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. We can't keep ourselves from falling. Brother. But there's one who can. There's one who can. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. And to present you faultless. Look at that word. Just let that sink into us. Faultless. No condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. No judgment for those in Christ Jesus. It's not going to be a big TV screen there. All our sins are going to be replayed for us. That's what I used to believe foolishly. Thank God that's not going to happen. My sins are bought and paid for. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you. Remember he presents his bride what? As a spotless bride, doesn't he? Here it is. Before the presence of his glory. What? With exceeding joy. It brings him great joy to present us. A spotless bride, beloved. To the only wise God, our Savior. Now look at this. Be glory, majesty, dominion, and power. Oh, he's just subscribing all the praise and glory to God, isn't he? Now and forever. Now and ever. Amen. 
So we, we proclaim the glory of his preserving love in Christ. We also proclaim the glory of his final triumph. Turn, if you would, to Revelation 19, verses 1 to 6. So the glory of God, beloved, is unspeakable. Words never give the proper glory or honor that's due to our God. We praise and glorify our God as he is revealed to us. And we give him all the glory for revealing himself to us. Look at this, Revelation chapter 1, verses 6, or, or 19, I'm sorry. Revelation 19, verses 1 to 6. Glory of his final triumph. And after these things, I heard a voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah. Salva-. See, the folks in heaven, they ascribe all salvation to Christ. Don't they? Look at this. Salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. Only folks here on earth think they saved themselves. But everyone in heaven knows that they're saved by the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone. Everyone. Everyone in heaven. His people. Hallelujah. Salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are His judgments. For He hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and hath avenged the blood of His servants at her hand. And again they said, Hallelujah. And her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne saying, Amen. Hallelujah. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, a voice of a great multitude, as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunders, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. He reigns. He reigns. His final triumph. So the glory of God is unspeakable. Words are never sufficient, but we, we praise him and we thank him for revealing himself to us. The glory of God is unsearchable. We're never plumb the depths. Though. We're never plumb the depths of it. We're never mine all the depths of the glory of God. But we who love the Lord love to study the things of God, Christ. We love to study his word. We love to hear the gospel preached and proclaimed. We love to hear the things of Christ. And through the illumination of the Holy Spirit, we're able to learn more and more, more and more about the glory of God. And we marvel. We marvel in the fact that he's revealed it to us. That'll never stop. Don't you ever, as you hear a message or, or you're reading, you think, Lord, you, you showed me grace. It never stops. And the glory of God is unchangeable. Because God never changes, his glory never changes. Never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the one who keeps us, the one who whose salvation's in, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, that's the difference when your salvation is based upon a God who's absolutely sovereign and who's in full control, and then a false salvation which is based upon me. Oh, I thank God that my salvation is based upon Christ and Him alone. In Him. Nowhere else. Nowhere else. Now we tell what we know, and we only know what we know about God because He reveals it to us, and I believe that we're just scratching the surface while we're here on. We're just scratching the surface. But we're thankful when He reveals 
wonderful truths to us. And when we start to ponder the greatness of our God, the greatness of his name, Jehovah, and how he identifies him one, himself as the self-existent one, the eternal one, the ancient of days, the great I am. When we start to ponder this, we, we, we glory in who he is. And we give him all the glory for who he is. We start to ponder his glory, his divine attributes, his holiness, his righteousness, his sovereignty, his wrath, his grace, his goodness. We're soon in very, very deep water, aren't we? Real quickly. But we give him all the glory. We give him all the honor and all the praise. When we consider that our God is perfect in every way. Perfect. We're imperfect beings. He's perfect in every way. Perfect. And that all things, all things that we see, the whole thing going on in the world. And think of this, from the history of Adam all the way till now. All things working according to his glory and according to his purpose and according to his will. It's incredible. And you start to ponder this and you quickly give the Lord all the glory. And we're quickly also, we're quickly also find out how indescribable God. We only know about him what we know because he's revealed it to us. But there's so much more to him. There's so much more to him. Rejoice, beloved. This is our God. This is the God of the Bible. It's not some peanut God that somebody's made up, like Brother Henry Mahan used to say, out of their imagination that they cooked up. No, this is the God of the Bible. This is who he is. He is God. He is sovereign. This is the one who the Holy Spirit reveals to us. And this is the one who the Holy Spirit reveals through the preaching of the word. The Lord Jesus Christ. Jehovah. God incarnate in flesh. The angels sing glory to God. The heavens declare the glory of God. Psalm 19 says this. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament showeth his handiwork. It's all around. The heavens declare his righteousness in all the... Turn here. Turn to Psalm 97.6. I was looking this up. I was looking this up this week. This was... Look at this. Psalm 97.6. Psalm 97.6. The heavens declare his righteousness and all the people see his glory. It says again. The heavens declare his righteousness and all the people see his glory. Here is manifested his justice in punishing his enemies. The lightnings and thunder in the heavens, the tokens of his wrath and the instruments of it. His wrath itself, which is revealed from heaven and the people see it. Now think of this. Hurricanes, tornadoes, they're all manifestations of his righteousness, of his power. Think of this. We are powerless against him. And man thinks that God's at his bidding. Someone doesn't know who God is. We wouldn't have known unless he revealed to us, right? But look at that. The heavens declare his righteousness, and all the people see his glory, his power, his majesty. Our master says this in his high priestly prayer in John 17, 1. He says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son that thy son may also glorify thee. 
The Holy Spirit is sent to glorify Christ. How abate when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He'll guide you into all truth, right? For he shall not speak of himself. He shall not speak of himself. But whosoever he shall he- whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He will point you right to Christ. Right to Christ. John 16, 14 continues and says, He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. John 16, 13 to 15. So the Holy Spirit reveals Christ. He will not speak of himself. He reveals Christ. He illuminates the scripture. regenerates us. We're born again. Dead sinners are born again, made alive. Who do we look to? Christ. Christ. So when we preach the word of God, we must exalt the glory of God in all things, in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. God's glory represents the greatness of who he is, his name. And we looked at that last week in our study. When we preach about the glory of God, we preach about his majesty, about his power. And his mighty works, both in providence and the heavens declare his handiwork. It's already there before us. Go out and look up in the night and see all them stars. And that's just a little wee fraction. Go out and see the birds and the trees flying around. They, they don't toil. They, the Lord takes care. Oh, my. So the heavens declare his handiwork. In the redemption of his people, we preach the redemption of his people from all their sins by the great work of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he gets all the glory. He gets all the glory. On Calvary's cross, when he died as our substitute. And he, don't forget, though. Don't forget. He lived the perfect life as our substitute. See, folks often forget to mention they tell us, well, you, can, you have to do this. Yeah, we do. We're, we're obedient to God. Aren't we? we desire to live a holy life. But Christ fulfilled the law in my place. In his life. And in his death. And God's preachers proclaim this. We preach about the glory of God. We proclaim our God... His glory is great. Psalm 138.5 says this. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord. For great is the glory of the Lord. Great is the glory of Jehovah. We proclaim God's glory is eternal. Remember, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? So we proclaim his glory is eternal. It says this in Psalm 104.31. The glory of the Lord shall endure forever. You don't change. He doesn't change forever. The Lord shall rejoice in his works. And we proclaim his glory is rich. Turn, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. We proclaim his glory is rich. Rich. Look at this in Ephesians chapter 3. God's preachers preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. 
Look at this in Ephesians 3, verses 14 to 19. For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven is named. Verse 16. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. His glory. He's rich in glory. Riches of his glory. To be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. We need to be strengthened, don't we? We need strength. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints. Well, he has to give us the understanding. What is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. So we proclaim his glory is most highly exalted above the heavens. He's rich in glory. Psalm 8.1 says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Who has set thy glory above the heavens? So we add nothing. Let us remember, we add nothing to his intrinsic glory. Just as the lordship of Christ, right? We don't make him Lord. He's already Lord. He's already Lord. We acknowledge God's glory. We acknowledge his lordship. We ascribe to him that which is already his. That which is already his. And so let us remember that God's glory is is very important to him. And he will not share it with anyone. So each of us will in our own way be glorifying to our God. We will be objects of his sovereign mercy in and through the Lord Jesus Christ to the praise of the glory of his grace or we'll be objects of his wrath to the praise of the glory of his grace. Every single person will either be one or the other. May God be glorified through the preaching of his word. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just come before you and we glory glory in, in who you are. Give you all the glory and honor and praise and we know that we add nothing to you but we seek to glorify you and praise you for what you've done for us. And we pray that you'd be glorified today and magnified and lifted high and mighty today in the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name.